Okay, next to the latest on the ongoing saga of Elon Musk and Twitter. He, of course, Musk recently joined the board and quickly became Twitter's second largest shareholder. And now Elon Musk, well, he apparently just wants to buy the whole thing. He wants to buy Twitter outright. For more on this, here's tech expert Carmi Levy, who joins us now on this Thursday. Carmi, good afternoon. Great to be here, Jeff. All right, this broke earlier today. Elon Musk with a take-it-or-leave-it cash offer of $43 billion. Personally, I would take it. Uh, but is Twitter are they likely to take it or leave it, Kirby? They may not have a choice. I mean, unless someone else comes along, perhaps Jeff Bezos, someone else with equally deep pockets who can essentially say, look, I'll, I'll, I'll make an even better deal. Uh, this is as good as it's going to get. And if you are the board of Twitter, um, the way it works is you're – accountability is a fiduciary accountability to those who are shareholders uh, and basically you have to act in their best interest you have to maximize their value and if they turn down this this offer and there is no better offer then they're essentially uh, walking away from that fiduciary accountability so whether they support musk or not is almost irrelevant it all comes down to the dollars and cents uh, and whether they think that that's going to put more of those dollars and cents into the hands of shareholders and Right now, it's a pretty significant premium over what Twitter was was uh, trading for beforehand. Um, it's hard to look at that dollar figure and go, Ooh, I don't know, maybe I will say no, you can't. Um, so I have a funny feeling that the, the board is going to essentially say yes, unless someone else comes out of the woodwork uh, and starts to counter offer against Mr. Musk. All right, Carmi, what is behind this? Uh, for those that have just been casually following the story that Elon Musk, as I mentioned off the top, joined Twitter's board or you know bought his way on there, second largest shareholder, and now this today, this $43 billion offer just to buy it. Uh, what's going on here? What's behind this? Elon Musk has not been happy with Twitter for a very long time. He's been a very vocal critic, largely, ironically, through his Twitter account. He's been criticizing the CEO, both the old CEO as well as the new one. He's criticized the board. He's criticized uh, leadership management for uh, not supporting freedom of speech. His contention is, is that the company's protections for against abuse and cyberbullying go against uh, Twitter's role as sort of the, the town square of the digital space. And he feels that the company should take the brakes off, take the protections off, and essentially allow anyone to say anything. Uh, he doesn't like censorship, and he calls what Twitter is doing censorship. And uh, he's tried to, you know, use his Twitter account to get them to change their ways. He doesn't feel that that's been effective. He started buying shares in January. Of course, now he's up to about 9.2% of all outstanding shares, uh, but $3 billion worth so far, which is like pocket change to him. And then when they offered him a seat on the board, um, that would have come with a limitation. He would have only been allowed to own upwards of 14.9% of shares. So he said, no, I'm not going to sit on the board, which opens the door for him to essentially buy the whole company. So he's not happy with the way they're run. He figures if he buys it, takes it private, uh, then he has a lot more control over the future destiny of Twitter. It'll essentially become an all things to all people, no controls, complete free for all. All right. So if he does assume control, if he's successful with this bid, just fundamentally, how would Twitter change them, particularly just for the individual user? Do we know that yet? Do we have an answer? Uh, I mean, the company isn't commenting, but I can certainly see where this is going. Twitter has long had a reputation as being uh, a place where cyber abusers and stalkers can have essentially free reign. And that's because 
Twitter is built in a much more open way. Its architecture is open relative to something like Facebook uh, or even Instagram and or other platforms. And so you don't have to approve people in order for them to follow you. You can basically see and do and interact with anybody you wish in any way. Uh, that makes it easy to create a large following and makes it easier to have a big megaphone. But it also means that people are at very high risk of being abused. And that has been an ongoing problem since the beginning. A lot of people have gotten off Twitter essentially saying, I was being cyberstalked, I was being abused, the company did nothing to stop it. Uh, in recent years, they've tried to introduce tools, protections uh, to stop this, but uh, you know they don't go as, as far as they probably should, and Twitter still has an abuse problem. Under Elon Musk, the company would no longer be publicly traded, which means no longer subject to public scrutiny, uh, fewer rules for it to adhere to, it would essentially be Elon Musk's game to play. And the risk is, is that those who worry that Twitter is a place where abuse happens, uh, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, if it gets better at all. And I would say it would be open season for cyber stalkers. They would essentially be able to do, to do whatever they wish. All right. So having said all of that, if Elon Musk again is successful and he makes Twitter private, a private uh, company, is there a role for government to play here? And this is something you and I have talked about time and time again, whether it's uh, Elon Musk this time around or Mark Zuckerberg uh, and just social media in general, whether or not there is a role to... Uh, you know, obviously protect free speech, but also protect people from some of these abuses you've just been detailing. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm the last person to advocate for government mandated censorship. But at the same time, there is a balance that needs to be struck that balances our need to be heard and to use these tools in a productive manner that allows the companies that own them to make a reasonable profit off of it and minimizes the potential for abuse. Um, we're not there yet. Government has completely lagged in terms of its ability to introduce regulatory frameworks. We need better laws. The problem here is, is that if Twitter is taken private, that becomes a lot harder for the government to do. Uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission in the U.S. and equal uh, boards and, uh, and government agencies in Canada do have certain rules for publicly traded technology companies to adhere to. It becomes a lot harder if the company is private. They, they don't have to show as much. They don't have to answer as much for their actions. Um, so it doesn't mean that the government can't improve things. It just means it's a steeper hill to climb. Um, and given the government's track record over the last decade, decade and a half, it means that a hard job just became a lot harder. All right. Forty three billion dollars. It's certainly an eye popping number. And as you mentioned just a few minutes ago, a number that Twitter might not be able to uh, turn a blind eye to or walk away from. So having said that, uh, how is Twitter right now when it comes to a business and its business model? I mean, is this over and above what it's valued at? This $43 billion? Has Twitter kind of, uh, you know, reached a peak when it comes to uh, users and interaction and that sort of thing? Well, Twitter is a successful company. They're growing. They're profitable. They pulled in $5 billion last year. Um, their stock popped by 18% when this was announced, uh, when the announcement hit the wires early this morning. So, you know, this is a company that does well. The question is, is it doing as well as competing social media companies? In other words, is it growing as fast as they are? Is its profitability growing as quickly as they are? And the risk here is that Twitter has always been the smallest of the major social media platforms. It has a huge amount of influence. It's kind of like the pulse of the internet, but it is not the, you know, the massive business that Facebook, for example, is. It certainly doesn't pull in anywhere near the revenue of a Google. And so, you know, is the company ever going to scale to that level? Probably not. And the risk here is, is that if it continues on its current trajectory, 
it'll continue to grow, but maybe not necessarily fast enough, which makes it vulnerable to a takeover. And I think Elon Musk suspected or, or felt that now was the time that if the company is going to grow incrementally, not logarithmically or exponentially, now's the time to pull out its wallet and say, I'm going to make a go for it because it only gets more expensive from here. Okay, only got about 30 seconds, but uh, as we mentioned, this is a take it or leave it offer from Elon Musk. Uh, is there a deadline? Are we going to know about this soon? According to his letter, he didn't say that there was a deadline, but the board, we know that the board met this morning, so the answer will probably be fairly quickly forthcoming. Uh, he did say, though, that if uh, if they turn him down, he will continue to advocate for change from the outside. So he's not going to go away. He's just going to find different ways to get Twitter to change. Uh, he hopes that he can do it by owning the company, but if he can't get it, get it that way, he is going to try other ways. He's not going to go silently. Silently. All right. As we like to say in the broadcast business, stay tuned. There's you more. got it. Yeah. <laughs> Carmi, appreciate it as always. Thanks so much. Enjoy your long weekend. Thanks, Jeff. You as well. There's Carmi Levy with us. Stay with us here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.